purpose. On the Crosstalk on WIZM, our guest this morning is president and CEO of Job Creators Network. We've spoken with Alfredo Ortiz in the past, and I am thrilled to have him back. Alfredo, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. How are you? You and uh, everybody around you safe and healthy? Yes, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, everything great, and hopefully the same for you and all of your listeners out in Wisconsin. Well, it's diff- It's weird. You know, we're uh, we're we're uh, dealing with this by uh, staying out of businesses and and staying home and and uh, not having a normal life. Uh, and speaking of not having normal, you just got new numbers with regard to unemployment that uh, uh, may ring loud and clear to people here in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. So these just came out uh, less than, uh, in fact, less than an hour ago, another 4.2 million, uh, roughly, uh, uh, folks filing for unemployment, 4.4 million, actually, uh, my mistake. So we're up to just over 26 million Americans who have lost their job in just a matter of five weeks. So that's averaging about 31,000 jobs lost per hour. Um, we just put out a statement on this, Mike, and we said, you know, it's, we have no choice. We have to start opening our society up uh, responsibly, but we have to start doing it. Um, I start looking at, uh, just out of curiosity, how many uh, uh, deaths there are to suicide, for example, related to unemployment. People just get laid off and lose their jobs per year. Mike, that number is about 45,000 people per year on an average year, which is just mind-boggling. Now imagine when we have 26, 28, 30 million potentially by the end of next week. I mean, what are those numbers going to look like? We have to start opening our society up. We just don't have a choice, and I think that's something that President Trump understands, and we're seeing governors across the country understand that. Unfortunately, it seems it's turned into kind of like a blue state, red state thing, uh, which is so unfortunate because we're talking about people's lives here and their livelihoods. Well, and it's interesting to me that there will be states, Wisconsin is currently one of them, who uh, is uh, waiting, they're playing a wait-and-see game, but there are Petri dishes uh, in this country, one's named Texas. There's another Petri dish uh, they, uh, people refer to as Georgia. Uh, and in the next two, 10 days, two weeks, won't we be able to see whether their flip the switch, not turn the rheostat, uh, is working and that this pandemic isn't as dangerous as, uh, as some would have us believe? And if it works for them, will it work for everybody? Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and that's the thing, right? I mean, if we do look at where, for example, New York, um, and again, as you start really understanding these stats, Mike, and, and, and unfortunately, the, 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 the overall press doesn't help you with this, but, you know, one-third of the cases are in New York City right. of our entire cases in, in the United States. Uh, and then when you start looking at, at the mortality rates, because, you know, look, uh, 33 million people uh, roughly catch the, catch the flu every year. There are about 40-some-odd thousand deaths related to it, but 33 million people catch the flu every year. And it seems like some people are out there are saying, we need to wait till the COVID cases are at zero before we can open up, which I sit there and I go, why did they say that about the flu? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, we, 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 that's just an impossibility. We, we can't get that number down to zero. It will never happen. No, and in there's... the meantime, if we try to wait for that to happen, we will have no society left. We will have no economy left. We will have no country left. Well, it, it, here's the, the rub, though, and, and uh, either flip the switch or but when you ask, so I'll ask you the same thing, you want to reopen the economy, but safely, th- th- what's, uh, what is that? What does that mean, reopening safely? In your opinion, how do we get people back to work? 
safely? Yeah, well, yeah, Mike, I think what we need to do is, and this is where I ask all of the the kind of uh, what I call industry captains and, and heads of industry, uh, one by one, industry by industry, they need to come up with their own protocols, I believe, not government. I don't think we need government to enter every single aspect of every single element of our lives, including our businesses and our homes, uh, where we, you know, our religious uh, uh, you know, places of worship, et cetera, um, you know, to tell us and dictate, you know, what needs to happen. I think industries have to come up with the protocols. Let's find a, a, a solid third-party uh, source that can sign off on these. It doesn't have to be CDC or that bureaucracy will take years for that to happen. Um, but, you know, you get, uh, uh, you know, like a, the good housekeeping seal of approval, the underwriter's laboratory, right, independent uh, 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 third-party organizations that can sign off on these protocols that says to the consumers uh, and, and to the employees that it's a safe place to work and it's a safe place to frequent. Uh, as a guest, as as a restaurant uh, visitor, uh, right, as a cinema goer, for example. I mean, all these are things that I think the industry is responsible for doing, and we need to get that done ASAP. Um, and once we get that, we need to help people understand that it is safe to come back out of your homes, and it is safe to kind of, you know, go back to somewhat of a level of normality that we had before, understanding, Mike, that we will have a new normal. I don't know about you, but I, when I go to my grocery store, there's plexiglass now between me and the cashier. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to me say, too. that just doesn't feel normal to me, but it's going to have to be because I think that's going to be kind of the new norm. <laughs> well, and, and you know, reopening, I, I kind of think of it as uh, the economy being the hibernating bear. Somebody says, let's reopen, and the bear pokes his nose out, then his face out, then comes out because as soon as you're able to go to your favorite wherever that's been closed. I understand you want to get your hair cut, but how many, you know, restaurants are not going to be filled to capacity the day after uh, the doors are unlocked, are they? Do you think everybody that's at home is going to want to get out ASAP? Many of those people don't have a job, so they're not going out for dinner. They, They can barely feed themselves with free food. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mike. It, it, it's going to take a while. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm concerned. You know, we, we can't. I'm not quite sure what people are waiting for. You know, so in Georgia, uh, as you probably uh, have heard, the governor decided uh, basically he's opening up things already as of this Friday, right? Um, ahead of even the May first, and he's getting a lot of flack for it, right? And I, I'm actually getting notices, uh, you know, for restaurants that I, you know, I'm just email lists and stuff like that from sure. there. Sure. That are saying, while the governor has decided to open up, we have decided it's not safe, and we're going to wait until we believe it is. And I'm, I, I responded to some of these and go, and what is your decision criteria going to be for that? Right. Like, is, is it zero COVID cases? Because then you might as well permanently close up your, your doors now, because that's never going to happen. We're never going to have zero cases. Just the same way we'll never have zero flu cases in this country or zero cold cases, which might, by the way, I have to remind everybody, the common cold is a coronavirus. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Well, but, but you know as well as I do, uh, Alfredo, my doctor is way smarter than your doctor, and my doctor says it's safe to reopen. But if your doctor uh, is also consulting the governor, and he or she says, eh, I'd wait for a little while, they're going to take that expert uh, advice and wait a little while. Now we have that argument over who's the smartest uh, advice giver, the one that says open the doors, or the one that says wait for a little while? Well, and, and Mike, you know, my, my concern, too, is a lot of this is also driven by people's fears of being sued, 
right? Oh, the sure. doctor or the small business owner is fearful that if they open up, quote-unquote, too early and somebody catches a COVID case and somehow they try to tie it to them, that they're going to be sued. Um, you God know, forbid and, they and die. I think that's part of, part of that problem. Yeah, and if they die, it's it's even worse. Wisconsin is uh, is sue happy. In fact, uh, uh, we're in court right now. The Republicans are in court right now trying to overturn uh, Governor Evers' uh, edict to keep Wisconsin closed until the end of May. So we'll see how all of that uh, works out. We'll keep uh, all, 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 all people have to remember, politicians out there that are making very tough decisions, is that we're losing, on average right now across the country, based on the past five weeks, 31,000 jobs per hour, Mike. 31,000 jobs per hour being lost. That's... We can't keep that up. Right. Hey, thank you very much for keeping track of the statistics. I would love to uh, talk with you again. Uh, Job Creators Network CEO and President Alfredo Ortiz, it is a pleasure, even though sometimes it's bad news, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Let's do it again. Uh, absolutely. Be safe, other Mike. Thank you so much. On the Crosstalk on WIZM, we got to go. As I see it, I'm Scott Robert Shaw. One role of our elected public officials is to serve the people they represent and to help keep them safe. Never is that more true than during a public health emergency. Yet Wisconsin's top Republican state lawmakers have resorted to filing a lawsuit trying to undo Governor Tony Evers' extension of his safer-at-home order. They've petitioned the state Supreme Court to issue a ruling they hope would allow for the reopening of businesses in the state well before May 26th, when the current order is set to expire. We all wish we could go to bars and restaurants again, but wishing doesn't make it so, even if we relax the rules immediately, that doesn't mean everything is over. In fact, no doubt the virus would spread even faster. Governor Evers has a plan for reopening the state, too, just not as quickly as some want. It requires a 14-day decline in statewide case numbers before we can even move into Phase 1 of recovery. It would require another 14-day decline in the numbers before we can move to Phase 2, which is when bars and restaurants would be allowed to open on a limited basis, with fewer people at tables and the tables farther apart. That plan makes sense and largely mirrors the federal government guidelines. It aims to protect public health and preserve lives, and that is what should remain our priority for now. I'm Scott Robert Shaw on WISM. Lacrosse is source for news and information. WISM is WIZM. Lacrosse, News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. When you think roofing, think first, first American roofing, think first. I'm Dallas from First American Roofing and Siding up in Holman, Wisconsin. We are a licensed Wisconsin and Minnesota contractor. We are still repairing and replacing roofs. If you've signed up to have your roof replaced with us, you're on our schedule and we'll be there shortly. Since we are all social distancing ourselves at home and with our families, right now is a great time to think about taking care of your home. Our staff's been working from home. A lot of the stuff that we can do is, is done remotely. We can measure your roof. We can go over design elements. The Falls Lacrosse Police Department is not stopping people to see if they've got valid business that they're going to or coming from. Period. Uh, thanks for the conversation. Hey. Goodbye. <laughs> that, Period. That's pretty that's, much uh, it. I, I realize that it, it seems like I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but period, yes, that's correct. We are not stopping people um, to just see if they have got a legitimate reason to be out traveling. Um, we do not do that. Um, unequivocally false. All right, so and to try and keep your staff healthy, I know you rotate hey. uh, management teams around so that some people are at home, some people are in the office. Uh, and uh, are, are you keeping teams in cars on patrol, or are they uh, patrolling individually? 
Um, right now, our officers are patrolling individually. Okay. Um, we've got them on a, an emergency rotation group schedule to ensure that uh, we have got adequate uh, personnel in the event we do have a work group that gets exposed to COVID. Um, and they obviously, uh, for traffic enforcement and, and stuff like that, um, they're encouraged to stop violations that are vital to the safety of the community. Um, and so when it comes to just randomly stopping people to see where they're going, absolutely not. We've, we've, that's not something that we do. All right. So you're not randomly stopping anybody. Uh, there is uh, maybe a question about that if you stop someone who's going 55 miles an hour on Losey Boulevard. Uh, you know, where are you going so fast? Uh, but every uh, thing, unless it's changed, it's been a really long time, Captain Melby, since I was pulled over by a police officer. But as I recall, the first thing that officer asked me was uh, at license and, and, uh, and uh, in, in, uh, insurance. insurance, license and insurance. Do you know why I pulled you over? And that's uh, sure, when I start uh, to cry. A lot of times, the, the first couple of questions is driver's license, um, proof of insurance. And then as the driver's retrieving that, the officer usually just doesn't sit there in silence. A lot of times they simply ask additional questions like, do you know why I stopped you? Uh, where are you going today? Um, this is just general rapport that our officers engage in when they uh, initiate a traffic stop. Well, people are pulling out their driver's license, they're pulling out their uh, proof of insurance. I would think that that has as much to do with proving to the uh, the driver that you're not a robot, that you're a regular person with a regular life, and you're just trying to keep everybody safe, and I pulled you over because because you were speeding, because you have a taillight out, you know, you were bobbing and weaving, have you been drinking, uh, you know, whatever else follows the reason we're pulled over. Well, exactly, and a lot of times when our officers initiate a traffic stop, some of it is just putting the driver at ease, and part of that oh, is sure. just that general conversation to uh, make them comfortable, um, because for the most part, believe it or not, we do understand that a lot of people that we stop for traffic violations, this is one of the only law enforcement contacts that they have, um, and there's no reason for us to come out and be overly um, accusational. We just want to conduct our business. Um, get on with our day and let you get on with your day, but uh, still take care of uh, the traffic infraction that we stopped you for. Right. Well, and I think people may misunderstand that in some cases. People don't become police officers so that they can harass other people. That may be the case with some, but, uh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a cop. I want to carry a gun, and I want to pull a lot of people over and harass them. That's what I want to do. Well, and, you know, there's a, the, most of the people that, if you ask a lot of our people uh, why they got into law enforcement, most of them are going to say is to help our community. This is the community I love. Um, I wanted to make things better. Um, and uh, so that's the vast majority of our staff. Um, and and uh, the, the reasons for traffic stops, more often than not, is just the general safety of our community and to ensure that uh, there isn't anything dangerous going on out there. All right, we're going to be out of time in a second, but I'd love you to say it again. Uh, are lacrosse police or any other law enforcement officers that you're aware of, are they randomly pulling people over to check for papers to ensure that the person behind the wheel is an essential worker on their way to or from some essential job? 
I can speak on the La Crosse Police Department's behalf, and I can tell you unequivocally not, absolutely positively, we are not stopping people randomly just to see if they've got legitimate business that they're out for. Captain Jason Melby, thank you very much for talking with us this morning. As I mentioned earlier, I have to now politely hang up on you because, you know, that's how it goes. We are social distancing and I'm in the studio all by myself.